Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Hey, Up Nexters, welcome back to this week's episode. Every week we bring to you incredible guests that have stories of triumph, of challenges, and of pursuing their calling and doing what they were supposed to do. This week is no exception. This week we're talking with Annie Lobear, which I'm just going to be honest, I'm so excited I'm talking to her because I've been a big fan of what she's doing. And as she tells her story, you are not going to be able to help how excited you are about the mission of her organization. Annie Lobert is the founder of Hookers for Jesus, which is an incredible organization that is inserting purpose and passion in rescuing women from the sex industry. She's the author of the book Fallen, and as we were just chatting about before we came on, she's writing another book, but we'll let her talk about that. Annie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Gabrielle. Real fun. I love it. We have so much to talk about. I don't know how I'm going to just cram it into 20 minutes, so I'm just going to jump in. You have an incredible story. You have been featured all over media. You've been all over TV with shows, and and you've even been featured in I Am Second, which is, uh, they're good friends of ours. We've had them on the show a couple of times. We love them. They're so great. So you are passionate about rescuing women from the sex industry. Why? Well, you know, when we're passionate about something, we always need to look deeper and ask someone why or within ourselves, why am I so passionate? And we always usually know the answer. It's because of out of our personal compassion or experience or a loved one's experience that was close to us, that there was a wrong done. And we believe that we are here to make it right. And and it's just like the passion of the Christ. He knew that the world had gone astray and had lost the relationship with God. And so he was so passionate about becoming that sacrifice. And so out of my own personal experience, I was a girl that was born and raised in Wisconsin, Minnesota. And I actually left high school very embittered towards my father and towards boys in high school. And then I got out into the world and tried to go to college, could not afford it, ended up meeting these guys at the nightclub. I had a fake identification because I was not of age to drink and they were pimps and we did not know it. So what ended up happening is we um, started hanging out with them. My girlfriend takes off to Hawaii. She calls me up. I quit all three of my jobs for my future college education and started working something myself in Hawaii as a prostitute. And it sounds just really to maybe a lot of people's ears, that's just disgusting. Or maybe, wow, why did you do that, Annie, and debase yourself? Well, here's the thing. There was such a setup by the enemy before that happened. I was emotionally, mentally, and physically sexually abused as a child. And then I just didn't have any self-worth. And I thought if I had nice things and if I could look good by dressing well and buying nice things that people would love me, that a man would love me. And that's what I got caught up in when I actually was working at the nightclub 
club in Minnesota when I got back from Hawaii. There was a guy there, and I didn't know it, but he was a sex trafficker, a.k.a. pimp. And I had the big, bright idea for us to go to Las Vegas because my girlfriend that was in Hawaii had moved to Las Vegas. The pimps have circuit houses everywhere across the country when they're pimping different girls, sex trafficking them. So this is just one of his, ho his homes that he had. And I flew there, and the first night that I worked, I got the – the uh, shock of my life and my boyfriend that I was in love with beat me almost to death and told me he was my pimp and this was the rules of the game and that's how I became sex trafficked oh my gosh and it feels like so long ago so long ago like seriously I was 18 19 years old I was a young girl and just un inexperienced in life and so eventually and I don't need to go into it because if you guys really want to know the story get my book it's very detailed. <laughs> And But the good ending is this. There's a night that came on August 2nd, 2003, that I was from cocaine, and I cried out to Jesus and gave my life completely over to him. And the rest, as we say, is history. Two years later, started Cookers for Jesus, started work, working with the women on the strip that were working as prostitutes and call girls that were being trafficked. And eventually, in 2008, we got our first Destiny House, and and now we have our second Destiny House, and it's bigger and better and and more volunteers and more staff, and we're so excited. And this is why I do what I do, because I know that I was one of those girls, and I know how desperate I became, and I know how hurt I was. Disgust within myself, there's so much shame, so much regret, but I met Jesus fully and surrendered. That's when everything changed, Gabrielle, like everything. It's like my life turned in this beautiful pictures, beauty from ashes. It was, it was incredible, and it still is. See, now my listeners know exactly why I was so excited to talk to you because it's not only a story that's sensational. It's something that you took from life experience. You didn't let it crush you, but you let it be a tool to rescue others. Now, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you went from becoming a high-class escort to celebrities and musicians and politicians, and when you left that lifestyle, when you got saved, why did you return to that same community rather than just appreciate how you got your life figured out and, and just move on? Well, I always think about how much God's done for me and how much my life has changed for the better. And because of that, I had to go back because I had to show others the love of God. I really did. And and that's the, the entire reason of the gospel is to show the Father's love. He came so that we might introduce, you know, him to others. Like Jesus came to show us the Father's love and, and the reconciliation piece. And, and I truly believe that everyone deserves that and everyone has a chance to turn their life around or realize that, you know, success, money, fortune, fame, you know, being, you know, the at the top of the world will never, ever give you eternal life. It will never give you eternal life. And I don't even care if you're on, you know, the Internet for the rest of your life as a history person. You still are not living forever. Now, if I'm going to live forever, I want to know that it's in a good place, that it's not hell, that it is a heavenly place and that I'm going to reign with the king, and that's Jesus. So that's what we do. We introduce people to the love of the Father. And I think that's what most everyone needs. I, I really believe every single person needs that on the earth. 
and so often they're not shown that so often they're shown condemnation and punishment and and um you know our normal law system we have to have that in place if someone murders someone they get thrown in jail you know if jesus saw that person jesus would come to that person in jail and say you know um my father loves you and i love you you're forgiven that's the love of the father you know it doesn't give him a right to re-murder obviously but Jesus came to bring that reconciliation with the lowest of the low, the prostitute, the drug addict, the the whoremonger, the porn addict, the child molester, the the murderer, the you know the annihilator, whatever have you, the dictator. He loves everyone, and and that's a a message that we all need to understand, and that we all need to get. Even our enemies. It says Jesus told us to love our enemies, and even. People will say to me, they'll say, Annie, I can't believe, you know, you must have pimps come against you. You must have tricks come against you. They're afraid you're going to expose their name or the pimps are going to come after you because, you know, that's a half a million dollars a year. Each girl that you rescue out of the industry that you're taking from them. But I say, you know what? They might seem like an enemy to you, but they're God's friend, regardless of what they're doing. And they are one minute, one second, one decision away from falling on their knees realize for them to have God in their life, you know? So I have compassion for everyone involved. I really do. I love everyone. Well, it's incredible. And we focus so much on this show about that journey of how do you transform your calling into action? We meet so many people who are like, yeah, I really feel like I'm supposed to do something and yet never take that action step. You know what? Just start doing it. I would love to have you walk with us. What was that like going from, you know, you left the industry two years later, you started Hookers for Jesus, but were you questioning whether you were qualified, whether you could do it? I mean, what kind of challenges did you have to overcome in establishing this incredible organization? You know, yeah. I, it's really maybe, I don't, I hope this isn't arrogant for me to say this, but I never thought that I couldn't do it. I had this drive inside of me that I I believe it was God putting this inside of me that I'm going to make it and it's going to happen. And I just need to trust him and not man, because I tell you the truth. I had so much discouragement from other people telling me I wasn't ready, telling me I needed a little more time. And of course, you you want good people around you that are going to rally for you and not push you, you know, in the spotlight or the ministry too soon. But you you also need to take in consideration that sometimes that is the enemy trying to discourage you and trying to stop you. There's always wisdom in everything we do. And in my my wisdom piece was this within myself. I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, I need to heal you further. Then this is when you step out. So there's a lot of a lot of people that step out in ministry and and they step ahead of the the horse before the cart and they try to carry that cart without the horse because they're aggressive and they feel like if they don't do it now, it's never going to happen. That's true in many respects. But sometimes if you don't hear God's voice and you do it anyway, because you're obstinate and prideful, you're going to head for disaster. You know, you just will. And, and I've, and, and honestly, I'm not one that is perfect because I seriously, I've done a lot of mistakes in this ministry, but I've done a lot of right things too. 
and I, my, my, my things that I've done right and the obedient things I've done has actually catapulted me into the position that we're at now. Now, we don't have it made. You know, we might be a little famous, but that with that fame, Gabrielle, comes a huge price. We get contacted by so many people for help. We get contacted by so many people, not just for helping them out of the industry, but people wanting to know how we do what we do. And that is seriously hard for us because we can't even get the work done that we have in front of us. And so you have to really pray about what you wish for, what you pray for, that's right. that you know that it's God's timing, right? No, I think that's incredible. And I think that's such wisdom to provide a, a context that, you know, when you when you have that calling inside of you, that is the confidence and you can walk forward with that. But realizing that even even the mistakes that you make along the way, God honors your heart and he sees it in you. And I believe that God puts those passions in us uh, at the right time and will fulfill it in his season. And sometimes that's not our season. Now, you have some pretty incredible strategic partnerships with ministries and with churches and with leaders. And have you found it always easy and approachable to work with other Christians? Uh, You know, in the beginning, it was quite difficult, but because of the fact that nobody knew who we were and also that they got bothered by the name, they were like, what is that? Well, Matthew 419 states that we are to fish for people, that Jesus would teach us how to fish for people. And it's really funny because the first four disciples were actually fishermen. And I think that Jesus gives us a huge message with that, that those four men were stinky, dirty. They probably had wrinkled fingers and hands from the water. We don't know how wet their boots were. We don't know how, how much they toiled if they couldn't find fish and how they had to mend their nets. And it was a dirty job, and it was probably a thankless job. They had to clean the fish, sell them at the market, whatever. I mean, these men worked hard. So uh, that's one of the things that um, I try to get across to people and make them understand this 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 name of the ministry, it shouldn't hinder you because if if it does, then you have a judgmental problem. Then you already are, are judging a prostitute or hooker. Like get that thought out of your head and get down to the real meaning of the ministry, and that is to rescue souls out of traffic waters, people that are drowning, the trafficking waters that where they're drowning at. And so the other thing is, you know, we, we do work with other Christians, other organizations. I would love more strategic partnerships. Some people think that we have actually more than we do, and we don't. We actually would love to make more partnerships with more people and more churches. I I haven't, that was my, when I told you earlier, one of the bad things about being known from who we are is that just because we're known doesn't mean we're being helped right now. Yeah, no, that's a great point. (laughs) So, that's the part that I'm really trying to develop right now is I'm reaching out and we're trying to develop that team that would partner with more churches and partner with more organizations and people in the communities on the ground that are in, you know, in the street and in the trafficking areas and uh, on the Internet, and of course, in the strip clubs and the massage parlors and wherever the girls are that are working because they're everywhere. Literally, they really are. So. Um, I really, really love working with other people. I think it's very, very important. And I think the only way to really grow a ministry is to partner with other people. That's right. And that's how God's God's designed it. And it's 
I'm glad that you brought up that it is everywhere. And you're you're not in the awareness business, right? You're in the restoration business. Right. But I'm sure that you see so many people who do come out and say, I had no idea, right? I had no idea about, you know, the amateur porn industry or, you know, massage parlors or et cetera. We do do that, though. We do do awareness, but um, with it comes the rescuing because as soon as someone knows, you know, you you really, it's it's a great eye-opener. It's like the, the great big sleeping giant has finally awoken of Christianity. However, um, because uh, when people do awaken, now they want to know, what should we do? How can we help? And uh, unfortunately, not every single person can become the counselor or the minister or the one that rescues. We all have to take our place in the army. We can't always do the same position. When we're attacking this because we will make a disaster of it you just can't you have to do it in sections and and uh so what, what we like to do when people come to us we like to ask them where they'd like to serve and then we tell them they need to take a test let's see where your giftings are and um because if you put the wrong person on the wrong part like seriously the boat will sink yeah well building a ministry is just like building a business and and you have to you have to be wise about that. So what are you most excited about in 2017? Well, right now we're doing this campaign before the end of the year, and it's called HFJ Love, and it's a Sharpie campaign. We are asking people to post a picture of themselves on their Facebook with a heart with our HFJ symbol, and they just have to give $10. It's real simple, and we need 15,000 people to give $10 each before the 31st or actually say before January 1st and we'll have our money that we need for some good funding for next year because it provides not only 24 7 staffing for the girls but the shelter the electricity insurance transportation counseling for drug drug abuse uh, mental health counseling for trauma counseling uh, you know it helps us with the girls records getting their records sealed that they have a terrible record of re arresting prostitution on and so many other things clothing food you know of course our staff costs I mean and we need to make sure there's a staff there we can't just leave the girls alone so it's a great cause and it takes money and we don't have any government funding right now uh, so we are all private donations and uh, that's one thing. But the other thing is, is that I'm writing another book and I'm working on some TV things as well. I've got a lot of things in the in the oven right now. The little oven is like very active. And uh, I there's I wanted to share what I'm writing about. And it's got to do with um, it's got to do with organic. Let's just say that it's very I don't want to release the name because I I'm working on the content of the book and I don't want to let the cat out yeah. the bag so to speak because it's going to be a surprise and it's going yeah. to be fun well, you've got us it's a cliffhanger yeah well we are here at the end of our interview Annie thank you so much for spending time with us I always ask our guests the same question so I'm going to ask you uh which is if the 12 year old version of you were to meet you now and see what you're doing what would she think oh my gosh I I think she I might have looked and thought, what in the world? Oh my gosh, I'm scared. But at the same time, I'm so excited. And that includes every single bad thing that's happened to me. If I could have seen it in the future. And if I knew that this was my fate, 
I would accept it, but I'd be a little afraid, but I'd also be very excited. It would be passion all over again. That's incredible. Well, Annie Lobert, who's the founder of Hookers for Jesus, the author of the book Fallen, the author of an upcoming book, which we'll find out more. And we'll make sure to include information about your funding campaign in our show notes. But I just want to acknowledge you for your work, for your passion and for your joy. That is uh, truly uh, inspiring. And it really truly shows not only that you are in the right place, but you're allowing God to use you to touch the lives of so many people. So thank you for joining us on this show. And we cannot wait to see what God's got you doing in the future. You're so welcome. I had such a great time, Gabrielle. God bless you guys. 